This is the Horse Radio Network. This week on Heels Down Happy Hour, we're horse show hungover after Central Park, Blenheim, and Kentucky. A special guest shares his road warrior tips for trucks and trailering. And would you pick up horse poop if you thought you'd get a ticket? From Heels Down Magazine, a podcast where three horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome Welcome to Happy Hour! I'm Jess Payne. And I'm Justine Griffin. Welcome to Episode 7 of Heels Down Happy Hour. This episode is presented by Eagle Gold, a leader in saddle pad innovation. Known for their non-slip, shock-absorbing saddle pads, half pads, and protective horse boots. Trusted by Olympians. So, all right, we're already at episode seven. Woohoo! Um, unfortunately, poor Caroline is out sick this week. I think she might have had too good of a time at the Central Park Horse Show in New York City. So, we have a very special guest on the show today, who I think is officially the first dude we've ever had on Heels Down Happy Hour. But uh, Jess, I want to let you introduce him since you know he's your husband. <laughs> well, welcome, Doug. Doug Payne, my husband, to the show. Well, thank you for having me, and. Uh... I guess it's an honor to be the first dude on the <laughs> podcast. I hope it's a uh, uh, little inkling of things to come for sure. So Doug, in a little bit of tradition, uh, everybody has a drink. What are you drinking tonight? Wow. There's only one drink you can have. Uh, Angel's Envy. So it's a uh, bourbon, but a little twist on it. They age them in a port wine barrel and it's pretty much the best bourbon there is. We are pretty much obsessed with a place called local feed which is in georgetown kentucky and being that we were in kentucky last week sort of rekindled it and fired up the angels envy for the night and they actually also are doing a for the whole month of september if you take a picture while drinking your angels envy and post on either facebook instagram or twitter with the hashtag ae4 the trees they will post or they will um, plant an oak tree for every post that's put up so drink up and hashtag it and you'll get some trees planted Mm, that sounds good so it's over ice right like it's a cold drink. yeah of course you got to have it over ice and if you can do it the big sort of the big block squares are the way to go oh Uh, wow i've been uh i've been on just to you can also get all sorts of different shapes they've got like uh latex i don't know if it's latex it's probably the wrong word silicone probably uh molds (laughs) that you can do for ice (laughs) yeah yeah it's close enough close enough he was listening to our it's flexible it's plastic you're fine anyway yeah stick the suckers in the in the freezer and you can get all sorts of different uh shapes and themes and such so go for it Mm. but yeah I'm, i'm partial just to the big cube if you can get it i like it all right, Jeff. I feel like you'd like that. You'd like just different types of ice cubes. That's what you need to look into. That's going to be my your, new, like, my new thing. <laughs> yeah. Cool ice cubes. My new thing. Yeah. <laughs> so Jess, do you have some news for us this week? I do. I, I do. I do. So speaking that my husband is on the show, I figured there was this really interesting kind of odd post about like the top 10 dates of where you take somebody. One of them was, is horseback riding to take them on a saddle date. So yeah, no, thank you. have you ever been, <laughs> oh my God. I mean, that is, my husband doesn't even like trail riding. So I think it would not be a first date of his, but Justine, have you ever been on a date with trail riding? I don't think so. I mean, I've brought like boyfriends 
to the barn to like go on a trail ride, but never like a first That's a horrific date. idea. <laughs> yeah, it never goes well. So <laughs> shocking. Every, every bar that you ever go to, if it comes up, what do you do? They're like, okay, you ride horses for a living. And then it's always, oh, I ride, I rode a horse once on the beach and it took off with me and I fell off. And pretty much that's everybody's story. Oh my God. So a- amateur hour at the barn, it just doesn't sound like so much fun. Yeah. It was yeah. interesting. It was like, I mean, some of the stuff I would go do, it was like, go rock climbing, go like on a weekend getaway, bowling, like go to the market, like go see, you know, stuff like that. And then get outside. And then one of them was saddle up. And I was like, oh, did not even think that that was actually a date. And like, that's what they were saying for healthy dates. Wow. I know. I'm looking at the list now. The other thing is uh, yoga. Could you, I mean, would you guys go to yoga together? I'm not getting in a spandex suit. I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm trying to actually, you know what you should do? You should actually ask uh, both Coleman and Boyd. They both really enjoy the yoga. Oh, really? Coleman, especially. (laughs) Coleman, he, before he gets on, he's got this ritual. He does some yoga on the fence line. Really? Oh, oh yeah, it's it's so it's awkward. Super embarrassing. But, I mean, we're we're I'm really good friends with him, so just tell him it's my fault that I I outed him. But um, next time, yeah, before he gets on, take a look, and he'll be stretching it out pretty good. That's too funny. Oh my gosh. Well, in other news, uh, I've got something that's yeah. I mean, okay. So uh, let me just explain it. So there's this car firm uh, in the UK that is, uh, pretty pissed off, I guess, for riders who, uh, who ride like along the street to a park and they don't come back and pick up the horse poop that they left in the road. So they released a statement that they're, they're like calling for, uh, for fines to be in place for equestrians who don't come back and pick up their poop because it's such a hassle, I guess, for their cars to run over it. And it's causing chaos is what they're saying. And so they're calling for a thousand pound fine. I mean, could you imagine that? That's what? crazy. Yeah. It's a lot of money. So where I live here in St. Petersburg in Florida, there are a couple of equestrian communities like within the city. They're small farms, but people can ride along the road, like the neighborhood roads to get to like a city owned equestrian park. And they're pretty strict about like you can get in trouble if you don't pick up your poop there. But I can't imagine paying a thousand dollar fine. Uh, it's probably actually closer to the exchange rate right now. It's probably fifteen hundred, almost fourteen hundred. Yeah, holy moly. Yeah, it's crazy. Doug in the specifics, but so we live in like an equestrian development in Aiken, and they don't really like us to like have the poop on the roads. But I mean, in the winter time, it's really bad because there's a bunch of other riders in here, and everybody rides on the roads and walks their horse on the road, and it is not that big of a deal if somebody runs over it. So I think it's, I don't know. I feel like that's like a. I know. Fine is a little bit excessive. Well, and I got to tell so you, what do you in want England, to do? Rains, like, how are you going to go? It rains it all the time. Yes, yeah, so right. I, ima- I can't imagine it's going to last very long. So it's just like manure mud. Like, who cares? <laughs> tell that wow. to the guys detailing the cars, probably. Yeah. Oh yeah, they probably don't like that. With 30 horses in both jumpers and eventing, we tend to abuse our equipment. And uh, with that in mind, we're always looking out for better products in terms of longevity and performance. We've been using EcoGold pads now for many, many years. I couldn't even tell you the first time we tried one out and have yet to find anything even close. Our horses are happier and uh, performing better and better as a result. All right. So, Justin, Doug, since we've got both of you guys here this week, uh, I am in the market for a new truck. And I know you guys are on the road with the horses a lot. So I figured you are the best people to ask. Um, What, I guess, when you guys are considering, like, 
upgrading to a new truck or a new trailer or anything with your rig? I mean, what, where do you start? Cause I know you, you guys are on the road all the time. You're bringing horses all over the place. I, I, Doug, what's your advice, I guess, for me, who's someone who's starting, just starting my search for a good well, truck. I, guess, I guess the question is this, like, are you bringing just one horse along? Or are you looking for a tag along a gooseneck? Uh, what size trailer are you thinking? Well, for me, you know, I just have one horse and then occasionally I'll take friends along. So I was thinking maybe up to a, like a three horse. Uh, I've only ever pulled a, a bumper pole by myself, though. I've never pulled a gooseneck. Do you have a trailer? I just sold it. So I'm in between trailers. Okay. I would personally recommend don't, if you can make it happen, get yourself a gooseneck. Because I think they are far more stable, far more maneuverable, and just all around just easier. And frankly, you get more storage out of it anyway. Would you say that they're pretty like amateur friendly? Because that's my concern as someone who does this on the weekend. Okay. All right. They're easier to drive, frankly. Because on the highway, uh, especially the tag along, you end up kind of getting pushed around and all that. You won't even know that it's behind you. And it may take a drive or two to get familiar. Just the fact that it might track a little bit farther to the inside of the turn. So you just swing a hair wider. But um, you're never going to get stuck, frankly. uh, I think places where you would get stuck in the tag along the gooseneck you're going to get out of easy gotcha yeah okay like i find the bumper pulls are harder to drive than the goosenets and i am used to the gooseneck but honestly like once you get used to it you're like oh this is way easier to park and it's just it's easier and more stable and it's yeah it's way safer but i have to i have to chime in my favorite and for like your kind of instance are those two plus ones yeah. If you like look at those, those are great because they've got extra storage, but you can put a third horse if you need to if it was smaller. Yeah. But yeah. those are those are a great new like kind of I mean, everyone's kind of getting them and it's kind of a mix between the head and head the head to head and the just plain two horse. We don't have one, but I I love those trailers. We have a bunch of friends that have them. So like if them. somebody like is looking I like them too because they normally have like the side front ramp too, so you can walk them yeah. off. Yeah, you know the well, front. The nice thing there, if it's pouring rain, you can tack them up inside as well. Oh yeah, good point. So, what do you guys drive? Like when you're on the road, I know you're probably well, hauling so se- plenty secondary horses. to that though. You do really want to make sure you know how heavy this truck is because a lot of people would drive like maybe they buy a 150 for your application. If you put three horses in it and you have a 150 or a 1500 or whatever, it's going to be far more weight than that truck was designed to be pulling. And mm-hmm. it's frankly dangerous. And there's a lot of people out there probably that have a truck that's undersized for what they're really looking to do. And they probably wise, don't even know. Yeah, no, I'm sure they don't know. And, and engine wise, they're fine. Like they'll say, okay, it can accelerate fine. But really the, the big difference is stability and turning and then also braking. And so I think it's really important if somebody has a truck and trailer, just go to any truck stop, sort of pilot or TA or whatever it might be, and just pull up on the scales. It costs you five bucks. You just hit the button and you just say, you you know, you need your truck weighed and you just go in and you pay them five bucks and they give you a weight slip. And what it'll tell you is how ultimately how heavy everything is. And if you're pulling a, well, so my personal rig right now it's uh, we could put six horses on it it's basically a five horse and you can put one in the middle um and if we're full i had a pickup initially we're full with the pickup i was like twenty seven thousand pounds and we i ended up upgrading and i've got a freightliner sort of m2 so it's a medium duty truck we're probably thirty four thousand pounds full at this point um but it's 
so important to know how heavy it is because if you walk into a dealership where you're just looking privately, you've got to make sure that it's it's truly equipped. The truck is for what you're looking to pull because there's so many people out there pulling four or five horse rigs with a 250 that frankly you just can't stop them fast enough and you're gonna you're bound to get in trouble and get get hurt at some point and it's just not worth it at all and we we ended up going to the obviously it's a larger application than what you're looking for but we ended up going to the freightliner because they bought it used it had eighty thousand miles and the things will last up to a million miles probably when they say minimum wear life is about five hundred thousand and so at eighty thousand it's barely broken in and we paid i think we paid 67 for it and frankly Mm -hmm. if you're going to go out and buy a a brand new crew cab dually, you're going to pay more than that probably. And so the way I looked at it was frankly, yes, it was a lot of money, but at the same time we do probably 45,000 miles a year and it's going to be worth at least two and a half pickups worth of time is what I figured it would be. Um, So I thought long-term it's just a far more economical and way safer. I mean, you can stop that thing on a dime if you need, even if we're completely full. And um, the, the other big advantage to that was that on the long trips, the back seat folds down into a bed. So whoever's not driving could be sleeping and I'm six, three and I can lay completely out one side to the other and not be hitting the walls. And it's just in the end, a far more comfortable, safe way to go. I think so. I would, I would tend to always oversize your truck for whatever you're looking to do. Good to know. I mean, do you guys have any other tips? I know you're on the road all the time. I mean, even like Changing a tire on the side of the road or something like that when you've got uh, a horse trailer. I would say have two spare tires because he's so frankly, about safety. <laughs> no, well, if the last thing you want to do is be stuck on the side of the road, and and yeah. there's nothing more infuriating to me than traveling with somebody like, oh, we're going to follow you, okay, and then have they don't have any sort of jack or trailer aid or any means to change a the tire. They don't have a wrench. They have one spare tire that's probably flat, and they probably haven't checked the tires <laughs> ever. And frankly, we have a good friend, unnamed. She blew three <laughs> tires on the trip pre, uh, previous. And I said, did you change the other one? Oh, no, no. That one was still fine. I said, are you <laughs> oh, kidding no. me? Oh, so, no. of course, she only had one spare. So, she blows that. And then she happened to... Uh, it was just a mess. And so, nothing... <laughs> he was so mad. Nothing, oh, it's so frustrating. So... I would say have some means to pump it up. So have some sort of compressor. Uh, we're lucky with the Freightliner. It's got air brakes. So it's got an air suspension. So it has an airline on it. So you can just plug it right in and go. But have some means to inflate. On his truck. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. Ridiculous. Uh, wow. Have some means to change the tire. And then the actual tires you're using, I just found this out like two years ago. There is most people, if you're going to buy a trailer tire, they're going to give you like a 10 ply tire and you can just ask them for a 14 ply it's far i mean these things are like tanks i mean you can abuse the hell out of them you'll be fine and they are maybe it's 15 bucks more tire but they will probably have to order them specially for you when you do get them but so well worth it because you know frankly if jessica's driving you're going to hit a curb or two and these (laughs) things will be fine oh gosh (laughs) But oh, far far better than your standard. Definitely don't use a truck tire because it's just not tough enough. And the trailer tires, a lot of them, like I said, are 10. But go with a 14 ply. Get the heaviest duty thing you could find. As you can see, when we met, I didn't know how to change a tire. I had like <laughs> literally, I was like, no, I don't know how to do any of that. So I have up since learned how to change a tire. I have just 
travel with all of the stuff. I mean, we leave and he's like, do you have your wrench? Do you have your blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yes, it's all in the trailer. I have not moved it. Like it has not touched it because he is all about it. He's like, you need to figure out if you needed to switch it on the side of the road. And so it did come in handy. I did have a friend that was like 10 miles ahead of me going to try on. And she calls me and she's like, I can't get the tire change. I was pregnant, stopped on the side of the road and had to fix her her tire for her. So look at you. um, Wow. Jeez. it It was pretty impressive, but yeah, no, we have, he is all about making sure we have plenty of stuff when we're on the side of the road. So we don't, we don't like to waste time. We travel too much that that's the biggest thing is you don't want to be stuck on the side of the road for like five hours. Yeah, so. no way. Especially, oh my goodness. So do you guys have any tips on how you prepare your horses for a long haul? If you guys know you're going to be in the trailer pretty much for hours. We um, stop and we check on them quite regularly. Like make sure they have anything they want, water, and they have plenty of hay. And then also a lot of them, um, we start them on the gastro guard or ulcer guard, uh, before they leave. So like a day before we'll give them like a quarter of a tube and then just to help, like if they have a little bit of ulcers or we've done that outlast stuff that we were talking about on a previous podcast from Purina that we give them, um, we start them two days prior with the outlast. So we'll do that or both just to make sure kind of prevent their stomachs and stuff. And most of ours sadly have gotten kind of used to it that they're like, Oh, next adventure. Here we go again. <laughs> well, I forgot to mention the other thing that we've got in the, the big truck and we need to get it in the other one. We haven't yet is, um, a camera system. And oh, right. if you buy one that's specifically labeled for horses, you're going to pay a crazy amount of money. Um, there's a company called cab cam and I'm sure there's others out there that, market the same exact mod like the little tv screen and the cameras themselves for industrial farming for tractors and balers and that sort of stuff so it's far less expensive you can get a full setup so the way that we've got the big truck so it's got a, a monitor in there it's got a camera on the back of the truck a camera in the horse area and then a camera on the very back like a basically like a backup camera and you could get that whole setup for 450 bucks maybe and then of course you're gonna have to either put it in or have somebody put it in so potentially that's a little bit more of an additional expense but once you have that it makes me so incredibly nervous shipping horses without it because you can always check on them and you know if you see if one of them gets their head stuck around a bar or they get tangled up with something or whatever happens you, you've got eyes on them right away and the backup camera is really convenient as well, especially if you get stuck into a small gas station or whatever that you can you can back up and it might panic some people around you because they think you that can't quite see. That panics a but, lot of people. Yeah. Oh my Doug gosh. Just really close. Because you can back up like, till you're six inches see? from them and they think that you're about to tag them and you're not. Oh my God, that would change my life with backing it's, up the trailer. <laughs> it is great, actually. It well, is great. Because it's always the near, the driver's side, back side, you can always see, but the passenger side, especially if you're turning sort of back around to the left is it's always totally blind so this mm-hmm. way it's, you just you can be far quicker about everything and safer awesome so i know there are a couple of programs out there that are kind of like triple a for equestrians almost do you guys do you use use any of those to kind of help you when you're on the road or if you're in an emergency situation yeah if, i think if if all goes completely wrong, uh, we've been using U.S. Rider, and they've been they've been awesome. And frankly, if you're completely stuck, your truck dies, whatever, they will arrange to have your horses transported to a local farm and effectively sort of put them up in a little hotel to get your truck up and up and running and you back on your way. So I think it's you can prepare as much as you can, 
to hopefully p- fix it on the fly. But if all goes wrong, you can certainly rely on them to to do that. And for all of your listener listeners, uh, if you use a promo code, I think it's DPE sixteen. I think they'll give you a free month uh, with it. So, Ooh. way to save a little money. Yeah, nice. All right, so I know you guys have been like super busy lately. I am a devout follower of both of your Instagram accounts. I'm not even going to lie about how I stalk you guys. So <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> let's start with Blenheim because first of all, your Insta your Insta photos were like beautiful of Europe. But how did it go? It was there was many many good things. There's coming away. There's always stuff you wish you could do a bit better. But in the grand scheme of things. It was very, very good. Uh, Quinn, well, Van Diver, um, Quinn, we call him at the farm. Um, he was about as good as he's ever been. Actually, probably personal best for dressage. And it's one thing that he's kind of a big, lanky, gangly, weak type horse. And he's just getting better and better. And he really put in the most solid test he has, has had to date. And I think there's a lot of room that he can continue to improve. So that's pretty exciting coming out of that cross country was a beautiful course. Uh, there's a lot to it for sure. And I was told from the beginning that it takes a lot of, uh, takes a lot out of the horses and, uh, he handled it like absolutely nothing. I mean, it, I'm very, very lucky to have him cause he's, he's pretty much a seeing eye dog. You get him roughly in the right vicinity and he figures it out. And, uh, he, he's, uh, the most fun cross country horse i've ridden yet and uh the show jumping was a little honestly a little bit frustrating and it's one of those things you're you know as it's happening you're, you're trying to fix things as quick as i can but um, there's a lot that can be learned and i would do potentially different next time he ended up having three rails which is so uncommon i think the last 15 advances had two rails total and we had three in this particular round so it dropped us from what could have been with a clear run could have been eighth it dropped us to 14th but still out of 84 or 85 starters, um, you know, is certainly respectable. It was still respectable a good go. It was still a sure, really good go. For sure. Um, yeah. And the great thing about it is sort of mission accomplished in that uh, he is now qualified for the WEG. So, um, you know, if something really freak were to happen, he steps on a cliff right before Rolex or something, um, you know, we are still qualified. So that's a, a, a big relief in that way. And the big advantage, I, I've got to thank the USCT Foundation and Jackie Mars for allowing me the opportunity. I traveled over on a development grant and that certainly uh, covered a majority, if not all of the trip uh, for us to head over to England. So I'm very, very lucky to have that chance. And without them, it probably wouldn't have happened. So it sets us up very, very well for next year because it, being that it was early, he can have an adequate vacation now and then we can ramp back up a bit earlier than we did last year and hopefully come out in the spring firing on all cylinders. That's awesome. So tell me about Blenheim. Like, how does it compare? What was the atmosphere like? Yeah, that's it's a pretty special place. Uh, Blenheim's a, so there's a palace there, and it's the Duke of Marlborough, correct, Jess? I think. Yes, Duke of Marlborough. Yeah, Duke of Marlborough, and it's uh, it's where Winston Churchill was born and grew up, and the grounds are absolutely beautiful. It's I'm trying to liken it to any course around here. Frankly, terrain-wise, it's probably closest to the Jockey Club. It's kind of round, you know, sort of rolling terrain. Okay. Um, there's no it's not one place where like at fair hill, maybe there's just a massive hill that you're sort of pulling up this hill for 
five or six minutes. And it's not really the case. It's kind of more of an up and down undulating course, but it does tend to sort of take a lot out of the horses because you're constantly either you're going to either going up or down all the time and um there's two the the water complexes are pretty interesting because you gallop through and it's probably 20 strides across from one end to the other of the water complex no it's a and, pond it's like well, in a lake type yes. pond <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a lake that they basically built a dam that was nine inches below the surface of the water so you're sort of yeah. galloping straight across the pond you're galloping and, on these bridges that are like literally you can't it's not like, oh, you go in one stride or like they're galloping across like 30 strides. It's wow. It's, incredible. it's pretty wild. And actually for anybody that's, if you guys are by a computer, if you go to, uh, to facebook.com and then forward slash DP equestrian, I have a, I wore a helmet cam. So there's a whole sort of whatever. You can relive the entire course uh, through that and uh, get a, get a really good feel for, for what it's all about. But it's a yeah, it's an amazing place. There's the best in the world that are there competing, and it's an incredible opportunity. So it's you try and make and the most you of it the and best learn part. what's up. This this year they actually opened up the South Lawns. You actually got to go oh, yeah, onto the South Lawn and go cross country. Wow. So, yeah. So like you actually like before. I mean, you have the amazing pictures where. Um, you're doing dressage and show jumping in front of the castle, and like that's the backdrop and how incredible could those pictures not be? And so, but now this year they had a new course designer and they opened it up where you actually went and had a combination and a couple jumps on the South lawn, like where you have people that are, cause the palace is still open and they have visitors and tours and everything else. Well, they still so, live there too. I mean, there's still I, they private still residents there. that are there. Yeah. Wow. But, but you Which have people crazy. that are not even... That, that place is absurd. It is unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. But you have the people that are not there for the horse show that are like touring the palace and then they look look out and you're like, oh, there's horses and there's an actual competition going on. It's really... And the shopping's phenomenal. Oh, so, and it's I really bet. special too because <laughs> on the... What is it? On Wednesday? Is it Wednesday night? Um, Wednesday night. Yeah, Thank Wednesday night. They had... They invited both owners and riders into the palace itself. So you get to, they sort of shuttle you in this sort of procession line, basically, and you meet the Duke and Duchess of Marlborough. And then they have basically like a wine cheese idea, uh, reception. And it's pretty special. It's, it's pretty incredible because you, you go through and I mean, this is where they live. And obviously this palace has been there for ever and ever. And, uh, unlike anything we'd see in this country for sure. Awesome. All right. So coming back, you know, over the pond back to the U.S. I know you, Doug, you had a really great win in Kentucky recently. Can you tell us about it? Sure. Yeah, that is a completely incredible horse. He's owned by Jane Dudinsky, a horse named Quintessence. We call him Quincy. And he was, Jess is going to bring this up very, very shortly. He was eventing. We <laughs> bought him initially to event. And he was sent to be the to be sold initially as a four-year-old. And Bye. he was... Maybe it was five. Uh, anyway, a little while ago. Um, and he hadn't done much. He had done Last sort of one year. beginner novice, wasn't terribly <laughs> successful. And we continued with him. He was absolutely awesome. So I said, Jane, you know, we really need to buy this horse, if, if at all possible. Well, and she well, has bred Holsteiners. A little Holsteiners. background of why. Yeah. Well, that's what little I was She's bred Holsteiners she for a long time. And we've had, I've ridden probably... I don't know, between Jess and I, probably five horses, four or five horses of hers in the past. And she's always breeding Alzheimer's. She 
desperately would love to have a four-star horse, which would be amazing. And I said, well, this horse certainly can jump, and he's a good mover, good brain. This seems to be a no-brainer. And he's a Holsteiner. He's by a horse called Kinar. And I didn't know this at the time. I called up Jane. I said, look, we've got this horse, and I really think he's special. What are the odds that you might be in to do something here? And she said, well, what's his breeding? And I told her Kinar, and she was like, you got to be kidding me. And I said, oh, yeah, no, no, that's it. I mean, I, I knew he was a nice horse and a well-known sire, but didn't know a whole lot of detail. And Jane said, she goes, well, I was going to breed to him. She booked a flight. She wanted to go see him. And before she could actually hop on the plane to go, he died. So, oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. So, then so then Jane's like, well, I just lost my chance, basically. Right. And so it was. And they a weren't little sure about the semen. Oh, yeah, for sure. They had, I think they had oh, some man. that was stored, but um, long story short, it was, it was a fleeting opportunity for her and she thought she missed the, missed the boat basically. And so she ended up buying him and he went up through preliminary and he was very successful. He'd sort of scored low, uh, sort of high twenties, low thirties, um, jump around clear through prelim. And I think after the fork, which is at Tryon in the spring, uh, Jess and I were talking and he's incredibly careful. He doesn't want to touch a thing. I said, in the end, it's, um, He'd really probably be better suited to jump, show jump than strictly show jump than um, event because he's just so hard on himself because he's never going to touch a thing ever. And, um, you know, one well, thing I mean, leads to, to another. Credit, like you did the one you, he did the one tens on him, basically like preliminary level one tens, maybe a couple one fifteens and then decided, oh, well, I mean, this is how incredible the source he's so careful it goes. And he's like, well, maybe we can qualify him for you know, the young jumper stuff, because that's what we do with the event horses. And I'm like, okay, well, we don't know much about that, but why not? We look yeah. into it. Kentucky has this like big Midwest final stuff. So we, this has been on the books, like for a long time to go to Kentucky, try to get Quincy qualified for this. You know, Doug breaks his collarbone. So we like rush around getting qualification. Oh, I thought we were in trouble <laughs> then because it killed like two of the qualifiers. So you need three, you need three qualifying rounds. We had one the first first week of try and we did the meter tens. He wins it, fifteens. He wins it. I'm like, okay, let's stick him in the one. It's one twenty five, the qualifier or whatever. So he sticks in there. He wins by like three seconds. I'm like, wow, this is awesome, right? This is great. Yeah. So crash and burn later, break the collarbone. So I'm out. Throws out a bunch <laughs> of the qualifiers. So then all of a sudden we're like, oh, this is getting to be crunch time because, I mean the finals is last week and i think our last qualifying round was what a week or two prior and we only had we literally had one shot at it we had two qualifying rounds and basically had to go clean and do well and he in the end he won two of them and he was second in one and um and then in the qualif in the starting the finals last week you go in we're so no, no, no. a it. friend of ours told us it was gonna be big but he's a brave horse. He'll be fine. Right. <laughs> and he's careful. So first, round, I love how, I love how Jess has to keep like checking in and like, yeah, exactly. Story here. Because he forgets to like, Oh, I forgot that it's one thirty-five, and the horses jumped one twenty-five in the qualifiers and they're walking the course and he's going, Jessica, this is really big for this horse. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I don't even think I've jumped the, all that said, home. So we do we do the first round. He, he's clear. I'm like, okay, this is cool. This is basically what we had done. Second round, all of a sudden it's 130. Like first two fence is good. I'm walking the course, and third fence is so funny. Jane is great. I love her to death. She she's walking the course with me, and uh, and this is the first actually strict jumping competition that she's been with Quincy, and. Um, since she's got a little dog, Dixie, a little beagle is the cutest thing ever. But anyway, walking up to the jump, the, the third fence, and she's like, Quincy's going to jump this. Well, I said, yeah, it's, it, <laughs> he'll be fine. And it's sure. 130 square. Is that anything right? She's like, I can just walk under this. This is not, <laughs> this is not normal. <laughs> but he's like two and a half feet over top of these things. I mean, it, it, it's just so incredibly easy for him. And frankly, it's what he was bred to do. Um, and Sanguine Sport Horses is the the, the breeder, um, and they're they're out of Texas. And I can't say enough. I mean, he is a complete freak of nature in the best way possible. Um, and so, and I think it actually was a pretty big advantage in the past that he had invented so much because he's very very comfortable with his body. Different terrain wouldn't bother him at all. So like the jump offs become very easy because angles are never an issue. Um, Frankly, if your distance isn't a hundred percent right, like he's going to be quick about making a correction. And your um, big yeah, gappy so distance he, to this big yeah, vertical so, that we're like, whoa, okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, he's totally fine, totally fine. So he, yeah, I mean, he 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 won, which was, um, you know, I was I was kind of hoping, okay, if we could place, that'd be great, you know. And I mean, of course, you in the back of your mind, you're like, that'd be awesome to win it. But I mean, these are, you know, pretty much the best of the best that are there. So it was. Um, it was great and i was really excited that jane was there to to see it all happen and um we can't wait to see what happens in the future because as a six-year-old here he's doing really well he's going to go there's one more um uh, young horse series competition that's happening at tryon uh the week before fair hill we're going to do that and you know hopefully come back in the seven-year-olds next year so be really really exciting awesome all right and so the last show we should talk about is probably the central park horse show were you guys in town for that did you go to new york yeah oh, we got yeah. there just in time so yeah yeah <laughs> wrapped up with quincy wrapped up with quincy and uh we luckily roped in a couple of really good friends and uh to that could take care of the horses in kentucky we drove up to cincinnati hopped on a plane flew into jfk landed traffic like none other. Oh my so gosh. So we hopped in our Uber and we're cruising an Uber at like four miles an hour. And I'm like, this is not, not terribly good. <laughs> so yeah. long story short, we got there. I think course walk was what at seven, maybe started. We walked in the ring at like seven Oh four. So it was, uh, it, it did work out well, but, um, we I tell you what it, it yeah, so you couldn't have been any closer. That's that's for sure. And logistically, it worked out really well. Quinn was flying back from Lenham, so he was still in quarantine. So Courtney was Courtney's our head because that was only a week prior to all of this. Exactly. Holy so, but, moly! Wow. But, so it worked out. It worked out <laughs> awesome though, because so Courtney that runs basically runs our life, right? So she's in New Jersey waiting for Quinn, and she's staying with my parents that lives five minutes from the guys that shipped um, the horses actually both central park and then also quinn okay so we had uh, a horse called flint we call him flynn um he's uh his, na- his show name is getaway and he's owned by lisa and bob wall and uh and olivia and he got shipped from aiken to new jersey met courtney and then courtney hops on the truck with everybody into central park but 
logistically, Central Park, they throw all the horses on one truck or two, and they can only go into the city between midnight and 6 a.m. So they stage so, it all at Gladstone, and then they hop on the wow. truck and cruise in in the middle of the night. And that's everybody. That's not just the eventers. Like everybody yeah, that's every, that yeah, every horse that's showing. Everybody for the show can yeah. only go at yeah. that hour, but... I guess I guess it would be like a nightmare to try to do it any other way. I guess. Oh, yeah, I mean, and you can't you can't ship your own horse in. Like this is the deal. I think Johnson shipped all the horses, and it was said, okay, you go to the USCT, which is in Gladstone, you stage it all there, you basically hop on the bus, you get bus to New York, and the horses are in the city for less than twenty four hours. Wow! Oh my gosh! Yeah, so they even shipped the Grand Prix horses in to Central Park as well. The hunters, everybody got shipped in on those buses from Johnson. And even Kent Farrington, speaking of show jumping, he had an incredible win. He won the big class, the Friday night class for Central Park, but he did a pretty incredible thing. He donated his winnings to the hurricane victims. That's impressive. That is pretty incredible. I've never seen another, you know, professional rider do something like that. H- have you guys? Certainly not in my memory. And you, you got to hand it to him. I mean, he does obviously a spectacular job riding, but to be thoughtful enough to do that is, um, yeah, it's great. It's great for sure. So does he have no. property in Florida? Do you guys know? Does he have a farm down yeah. here? I read somewhere that he has, he's a resident of Florida. I'm just not sure. I'm I'm guessing Wellington, but I'm not positive. And then I guess he felt like it hit close to home and said, you know, they have horses, they have all this and felt, you know, maybe I should give back to the community. And so he gave his winnings, all of his winnings away, which is, I mean, so admirable. That is pretty cool. It'd be interesting to see if we'll see more, you know, top level riders doing that. Yeah. Who knows? But speaking, and then, I mean, Doug did the next night, which was pretty cool. Like to do, we, we've been to central park several times when we used to live in New Jersey and go visit the city and everything. So it looks completely different, Justine, with this whole production up. I mean, they have the stabling at one part, then they've redone the ice rink. It looks like, you know, it's got footing in it. I can't even imagine. Wow. The amount That's so of cool. Stuff that went into. Yeah. What a cool it show was, to go to. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild too because you hop on the warm up at the top is probably twenty by forty meters. I mean, it's pretty small. That would be pushing it. Yeah, I that would, might be I pushing would, it. That might be pushing it twenty by forty. But in any case, small area. Jump a couple jumps, you're good to go. And then you're literally just walking through the park in darkness, and you have to go under this little tunnel and. And Flynn, love him to death, he's he's a little quirky, and he really doesn't like noises behind him. So I'm thinking to myself, this potentially is not the best idea to be cruising <laughs> through the park at night. And uh, he was actually incredibly good. So I uh, went down there, and I was partnered with Aaron Sylvester, and um, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. They sold the place out, and the crowd was totally into it. And I've got to hand it to Mark Blissimo and um, and his entire crew that's that's able to put this together. Because I think, while it's not exactly the sport of eventing, I think uh, his view of of this sort of uh, exhibition, if you want to call it, is to really just get people excited and interested in potentially looking more into it. And if uh, you know if you can get that many eyes on it, I just can't imagine seeing a downside. A downside to it, really. 
And so it was, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, and, uh, if you hop on that and Facebook they page, sold it out. I mean, they put the whole thing together in three weeks. That's pretty amazing. The production was incredible. I mean, they literally, I mean, not the whole horse show, but the eventing portion of it, because it was supposed to do, we had done a segment before about the dressage being there. And then they, three weeks into it, put the production and had the whole eventing sold out, which was impressive, and had 24 top riders there with top horses. That is awesome. I know Caroline... Caroline was there. We had a whole like contingent from Hills Down and they did an amazing job just covering it. So I think she must have like, I don't know, party too hard in New York or something. Picked, and that's why picked she's up sick. the plague. <laughs> yeah. she, she, she must have partied too hard. I saw her for like a half a second before it started, but okay. they must have hit the town. Uh, sorry, Caroline, if you're listening to this, we're throwing you under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, there's there's not many places, frankly. I, I mean, that's that's the biggest stage I think you could find. I mean, the lights are the brightest there, that's for sure. And it was uh, it was a, a lot of fun to ride. And I think if you check out that Facebook page, there's also a link to uh, where the camera again there, uh, you know, in New York. And he the only I tell you what, the hardest part about the thing was that there's twenty some odd jumps in this tiny space. I mean, it's a little bigger. It's probably one and a half times the size of a hockey rink, and so just remembering the course, I think was was honestly the the hardest thing about it. But, um, but yeah, I know was, I kept asking him. I'm like, "Do you know where you're going?" He's like, "No, hold on, I gotta look again." And I mean, that was honestly, I was like, "If he remembers this whole course, it'll be a miracle." Because I have no idea where he's going. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun for sure. And uh, and then we hopped out of New York, back on the plane, back to Cincinnati, drove down to Kentucky picked up the four horses that were there we had um we've got uh, we've got actually we're sort of split between jumping and eventing so we've got sort of babies to grand prix jumping and babies to four-star eventing and so we picked up the the four that were at kentucky and then drove back down down to aiken and we were there for all of 12 hours and up today to southern pines for a young event horse qualifier but um i think now we're staying put for six days so i'm pretty excited say? about that Oh my God. Like, do you guys ever take a break? Holy moly. Yeah. This time of year is pretty manic for sure. Yeah. But, uh, hopefully in, in the near enough future, we'll start to settle down. And then the winter is great in this area because everything's local. You can just ship in and it's uh, really not much of an well, issue. Well, the problem was we didn't have Central Park on the calendar. That was like a late ad. So we had like thought we were like, oh, we'll be Kentucky one week. We'll be aching the next couple of weeks. Like we had all of this planned out that it was not going to be that crazy. And then Mark Blissmo walks up to Doug and is like, we're going to do a venting in Central Park. I'm like, that's not going to help our schedule at all. <laughs> but you can't, I mean, really, seriously, you can't you pass can't up say that no sort of opportunity. It. Yeah, no, exactly. no, but I'm like, I mean, I joked, I was like, that's seriously not funny. Like, that's a joke, right? Like, we're not really gonna actually do this. So I mean, when everybody says it takes a village, I'm pretty sure it takes like an entire continent to like organize our whole place. Because thankfully, we have such amazing staff that to keep any part of that organized and actually flowing well, it's it's a testament to how incredible our staff is because they're awesome. Did you know that your first issue of Heels Down Magazine is completely free? Download this interactive digital magazine now for insider knowledge from top riders around the globe, training tips, and expert guidance on all things horses. 
Visit heelsdownmag.com for more info. Okay, so we'll go back to the rose and thorn. Doug, you ready for a game? Yeah, this sounds like the girliest thing I can imagine. (laughs) (laughs) It's not girly. All we're doing is you're going to tell. The rose and thorn is not girly? All right, keep going. So you're going to tell us the best thing about your week and the worst thing about your week. As I say this, it does sound really girly. (laughs) So obviously the rose is the best thing about your week and the thorn is the worst. So uh, Jess, do you want to... If the thorn is about me, you can pick something else. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) So Jess, why don't you start? We'll give Doug a minute to think about it. Oh, um, so I guess the rose would be honestly that our horses have been competing really well. And I'm now living vicariously through Doug cause I can't compete. And he actually, he rode my four-year-old today and he looked awesome. And he was third in the young event horse at Carolina. So Woo-hoo. that was really, good. that would be my rose. And the thorn would be probably the traveling i'd probably like stay put for a couple days but that's coming true because we're home for um like six days and that's that's a lot for us so wow that's kind of kind of not really fun this week i I mean i don't have anything what about you Uh, so i guess my rose would be uh the fact that there's no hurricane spaghetti model currently right now that shows Florida and its path. So like everything is not hysterical and crazy here, which is great. Um, and I guess my thorn would be that my, my damn thoroughbred is still having trouble with the goddamn not sweating stuff. It's driving me crazy. Have you fed him beer? Yes, we did the beer. We did every supplement. He just went back to the acupuncturist yesterday. (sighs) Is that helping still the acupuncture? Is it still helping? It is. It is. He sweat again with her yesterday. It's just, he sweats. I got to, all right, just to qualify is he sweats now, but he's still just like has this laboring breathing all the time. Like even in a stall and he's got two fans on him. He drinks plenty of water. He's getting a ton of electrolytes and you know what I mean? And he just sits there and huffs and it's like, you could see it even in like in his flanks where his whole body is just like huffing all the time. And we can't figure out bad I know. I just think he might not be cut out for Florida, which sucks. So that is definitely my thorn. What about you, Doug? Well, I guess you go Rose. This is, oh my God, this is incredible. <laughs> All right. So we got the Rose situation. I guess I got to go with Quincy. I mean, it was so beyond, well, maybe not beyond what I ever thought he could do, but he was, he certainly rose to the occasion. So that was. Uh, a great surprise i like that nice huh and the thorn situation is definitely the fact that my wife infected me with some disease now and oh no i'm like all stuffed up sinus situation all of it and i completely blame her oh my gosh (laughs) and he's such an amazing patient it's incredible so uh, th- this coming from yes talking about pot Okay, so we have a new thing. We've done the Rose and Thorn new, but you, we want all of our listeners to email us with thoughts about the podcast, questions, and we want to do like a mail time. So we're looking for people to like email us at hello at heelsdownmedia.com. 
That's hello at heelsdownmedia.com. We would love to know your thoughts, funny, criticizing, whatever, but we'll read them over the air and talk about it on our future podcast. Yeah. So please email us. And uh, while we're at it, you guys should definitely rate and review and subscribe to our podcast. You could do that either on Stitcher, on iTunes. I don't know what the Android one is. I think it's Google Play. But however you listen to us, please uh, rate, review, and subscribe. We so appreciate it. And if you want to hear more from us, you you can always check out Heels Down Magazine. It's an interactive digital magazine on your phone or tablet, so you can take it anywhere. You can download it on iTunes or Google Play, or check out our website at heelsdownmag.com. We'll be releasing episodes of Heels Down Happy Hour on the second and last Fridays of each month. Did you know you can get the Horse Radio Network app on your iPhone or your Android? Search for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and super easy to use, and you can listen to our podcast there. All right, guys. So that's a wrap for episode seven. Doug, thanks so much for putting up with us. And we so appreciate it. Thanks for having me. (laughs) All right. Well, cheers. 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 Have a good night.